Hey, group chat. I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week, we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as Black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shade. Bedroom. I'm joined by Betsy Brett and Chelsea Pinky. How goes it? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> hey. You know, coming off the fucking long weekend is always a struggle. Okay, so should we jump into red or reply? Um, red or reply? Want to kick it off, Chelsea? I'll go first. Yeah. So this happened a while ago, but we never really talked about it. So what I'm leaving on red is, I don't know, other people and their friend groups. Um, <laughs> oh, you messaged us about this. Did I? Did I give you the details? But you didn't give us the details, no. Wait, okay, what? So I don't say any names. I know you guys are going to be able to figure out who I'm talking about, but just keep it cute. Okay. So I went out with my friend's friend, who's really sweet, and we've only met like three or four times but she was having like a birthday celebration and she hit my friend up and was like, do you think Chelsea would come if I invited her? And she texted me on the side. She was like, would you come if she invited you? And I was like, yeah, of course. So she invited me and it was a whole day. So the first part of the day was a boat trip. So she, the birthday girl paid for the boat, which I'm already like, right. You pay for the boat. And all she said, she said, Hey ladies, like I'm paying for the boat, which I'm going to guesstimate the boat, a charter boat is probably at least $3,000. So she uh, chartered the boat and she was like, hey, ladies, I'm going to pay for the boat. If everyone could just bring um, some cash to tip and a bottle of your choice and snacks, we should be all good because the boat has food. They just don't have like little snacks. And I'm like, "Okay, no big deal. So the second part of the birthday was a dinner. So cut to the actual day. We go on the boat. I come bottle of tequila. I'm driving, so I'm, I had one drink. I come, bottle of tequila. My friend comes, bottle of tequila, a bunch of snacks. Birthday, come, birthday girl has, bottle of tequila, a bunch of snacks. All these other girls bring hard seltzers, <laughs> which I think if you're going to bring a hard seltzer to an event, then you should drink your hard seltzer. Don't touch my bottle if you're, if you're not going to bring a bottle. Like, I think that's weird. Oh, this is such an interesting conversation, to be honest. In because the summertime wherever, at the BYOB, a lot of people are doing the hard seltzer. When and they that's good. They can't then get drink to the grocery store or the liquor store. And drink your hard seltzer then, girl. I'm not hating a hard seltzer. Like, drink what, drink, bring what you want to drink is my thing. So, of course, everyone, the three of us who did bring a bottle of tequila, we put our bottle of tequila down. Everyone is attacking the bottles of tequila, which, like, I'm not saying it in a way that like I care that people are drinking the tequila I brought. That was the point of me bringing it was to share. But like, why didn't everyone bring a bottle of tequila? That was just my thought. So that was that. They also didn't bring snacks, but whatever. It's not my birthday. I'm just an observer. Then at the end of the boat, it's time to tip. So my friend's like, okay, who has cash to tip? And I'm like, I have mine. Here's my cash. They're like, oh, we didn't bring cash. The girl said, I'm paying for the boat. Can you bring a bottle, snacks, and cash to tip? 
That's all you have to do. It's your, it's your friend's birthday. So that's that. Then we go to dinner. We have a pregame. So we get to the pregame when the birthday girl asks us to get to the pregame. We get to the pregame. Half her friends are still undressed. They're in towels. They're moving slowly. The uh, reservation is in 30 minutes. And from where we are, it takes about 20 minutes to get there, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm just observing again because I don't know these people. I just know my friend and the birthday girl. And I know a few other people, but I'm friends with my friend and becoming friends with the birthday girl. So we go to the restaurant after the birthday girl gets ready and half the group is ready. The other half is still like roaming around, lollygagging and like not ready. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is so rude. It's the girl's fucking birthday. Like just get ready, you know? And so like we, we were at the restaurant, of course, they say we cannot seat you guys until the entire party is here. Duh. So we're standing by the bar. Mind you, I, I told you I met the birthday girl four times in my life. I buy the birthday girl a drink. What do you, what do you drink, birthday girl? I buy her a drink. I buy myself a drink. My friend buys a drink. The birthday girl buys herself a drink. Our other friends are just standing around. And she's like, oh, are you guys going to get a drink? And like, they're like, no. So like, it's just weird. Then it's the Giving other- nobody has money. Right. Yeah, then probably. stay home. Like I'm not judging the fact that you don't have money, but okay. That's not even the worst part. So the other girls get there like 30 minutes later. So we're at the bar for a minute. Um, They get in and they don't even really say sorry about being late. We finally get seated and the birthday girl, because me and my friend are the eldest ones there. And it's kind of clear. It's weird how like three years kind of feels very different. Like, I felt older than all these girls. Mm-hmm. So she's like, hey, can you two like, especially because I had been to the restaurant many times, is tell. So the girl's like, can you help ordering? And I'm like, yeah, no problem. And then like I hear, I hear mumbles of, oh, I'm not eating. I ate before this. I'm not eating. I ate before this. So now I'm getting confused because how do I know how to order if I don't know who's all eating? So I asked her, I'm like, can you just like let me know like how many people are eating? Because I don't think she's eating. I don't think she's eating. And so she's like, so now the birthday girl is like asking people like, who's eating? So one girl is like, well, I can't eat. Like I have uh, dietary restrictions and allergies. Um, So she's trying to figure out what on the menu she can eat, whatever. So finally, everyone agrees to eat, except for the one girl. (laughs) The one girl gets a white rice, edamame, and a drink. That's the only thing she had all night. Everyone else, I order food, everyone's sharing ends up being a great dinner. Um, so now the woman comes and she's like, do you guys, do you ladies want dessert? No, no, thank you. No dessert. No one even told the waitress that it was a birthday, oh by God. the way, because we should have gotten a, a dessert. Right. I just told her it's a birthday, but whatever. Again, I'm, I'm an observer. This is not my group. So um, then the woman comes with the check, the little machine to take the money. And one of the girls gets up, starts hugging everyone and leaves huh? now granted she only had a white rice edamame and a cocktail but she had something and it's at Tao. that's at least 50 dollars as i say does she venmo and she say, I'll venmo. that's at least 50 dollars. i know it's small but like that's 50 dollars 
maybe with or without tip, I'm not sure, but that's money. And it's your friend's birthday. Right, because we're covering her and she just paid for the boat. She Come just paid on. for the boat. The girl leaves. And I am just like touch, grabbing my friend's leg the whole time. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, where, why am I here? This is so weird. So she leaves and we're like, okay, well, bye. And she's like, bye. Girl, I don't even know why you're leaving early because the birthday girl still wants to go out. So like, this is just all weird. And then two other girls leave. They're going to this house party. So I just felt terrible. I was tired. I'm the least close to the birthday girl, but I'm like, I'm going to stay out. And like, it's her fucking birthday. And like four, three people have left. One didn't pay. No one's offering to cover her portion. I'm the only person that got her a shot. Like it was just, so yeah. That is weird. And I was like, is it because they're younger? But when I was 27, 26, I was going to dinner. Absolutely. We were yeah we've been splitting the check for the birthday girl that's a mess i've been going to birthday dinners and it's like you didn't pay for anything all day you couldn't put money down for the dinner that's weird oh yeah is it an age thing is it an la thing the girl ain't from la (laughs) um but yeah so that was that would be my bread (laughs) And then my reply would be um, just like the conversations I have been having recently with my sister. So my sister's 16 years older than me. And there was a point in time where we would fight. Like, I would just be like, you are not my mother. Like, straight up, like, stop. Stop trying to act like my mom. And we like almost got into an argument, but like we really recovered, like really quickly. It was just like, she paused, I paused. I was like, okay, I do understand where you're coming from. She was like, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. It was like, we were talking about my mom and it was very great. And I just love that growth for us. I love that we're becoming really close and I just love having a big sister. We love that. Lots of interpersonal relationships happening on Chelsea's side. Lots of talks and observation. Humanity. Sorry for that rant. Behavior. No, I love it. (laughs) And now a word from our sponsors. Hey, group chat. It's me, Sade, and I am here to talk to you all today about always ultra thin pads. Now, as you can imagine, you all know I'm the queen of self-care and I like to feel comfortable. Pads were not my thing, but ever since being introduced to always ultra thin, I'm back on the pad wave. Let me tell you why. There's superior period protection. You don't have to worry about leaks and discomfort and always ultra thin wicks gushes 90% faster than the leading store bought brand. So... Head over to always.com and get you some always ultra thin pads. Tell them that I sent you. And now we are back with more black girls texting. Um, I'll hop in. I'm going to reply. I, I guess I have two replies. Maybe there's a red in here somewhere. I don't know. First thing is my new like experimentation with my hair. Mm-hmm. Me and uh, the black girls texting resident braider. Chevelle at Catch These Hands. Have just been doing some fun things, bitch. Like I had the jumbos with the blondes and I got these little Iversons. I got about four hearts 
braided into my head and like crisscrosses and zigzags and like these are the braids I've always wanted since I was a damn child but my hair braider couldn't do them for me I'll never forget this one birthday I was probably like 15 all I wanted were some like fly ass braids and my lady couldn't do it she did something very random it did not work and I ended up going to school the next day with a scarf on <laughs> um but yeah you know I made this I made the scarf work but yeah anyway and I saw her the other day and she had these cute ass um like what are they called like rod like she had a cute ass rod set and I was like she's like you already know this is what we're doing next and then I'm like what are we doing after that she's like okay we're gonna do like a locks and braids combo with some pieces and like all this stuff I'm like yes bitch like let's get super creative and I'm always constantly in awe of like all the different things she knows how to do she's just such a skilled hairstylist and one thing I'll say about her is like so she's been coming over to do my hair and she's been bringing her daughter and I've just been marveling at the whole motherhood thing I'm like this is fucking crazy Hmm. the child takes so many shits the child just is like (laughs) everywhere in everything running all over the place and I could tell like they're she can walk she's standing now oh wow I know and she came here like two weeks prior to that and was couldn't stand two weeks later she came in was standing I was like oh my god this is crazy um but like there was one point where the child took a shit and Chevelle was like wiping her and saying like I love you I'm so glad that you are my daughter and I was like hilarious and for y'all know her so you know how like funny that is but it also was just like so cool to see her like parenting skills and all that stuff and just I just recognize just how hard work that is and just want to give her a shout out um and then I'm also going to reply to um I did a reading last night which was so fun and I was really nervous about it because the theme was New York stories and they asked me to read this piece that I had written for Soho House like two summers ago. It's just kind of like different than my typical writing style. I usually like to be very like, my work I would say is very like loud, colorful, spicy. I like to have like a, a proper story. This one was just like a bunch of like observations of like a walk I took through Brooklyn one day. But I feel like I really like, so I was nervous when I was about to read it. And not on no petty shit, but when people go to readings, it's always like, who was the best person? People will come up to you at the end, like, yo, you was the best one. And it really like, shouldn't be that. It should, it shouldn't be like a comparison thing. Like I was just happy to be in this room with all these amazing writers, but I was like towards the end and girl, the people that was reading ahead of me was coming with it. And I was like, fuck, they're eating it up. They're eating it up. Um, But I ate that shit obviously. And as I was reading it, I was like, bitch, this is mad beautiful. Like it was just like some, a different type of style for me and a couple people came up to me after and they were like that sounded like a song like that was like so poetic and I was like shit damn oh my god it just felt really good especially want to read it for us maybe one day (laughs) I'm sure it's not that long no it is kind of long it's a smooth like 10 minutes it's too long that's not long it's long child it's long our listeners would love that Shade. I know how rude she is can she? Read it on the Patreon. I'm not trying to be rude. That shit is long. <laughs> the listeners would love it. Listeners, if you want to hear Glenn read a piece on the episode, we write a comment. one in the chat. That's a clubhouse speak. What do they say? What? Put a one in the chat. Put a if... one in the chat. 
um yeah but it was cool it was cool I liked it and, my, and two of my friends came out and they were just looking like proud uncles in the back um, <laughs> Laquan and his friend they both had these big ass turbans on looking like literal aunties <laughs> like, <it was> like <laughs> hilarious back there with their phones out with the flash on and it was just like super cute um <laughs> yeah ain't no really nothing to leave on red within it all been good times Shade. Love that for you. Um, all right, I'm gonna start with my red. I am leaving. Okay, I'm gonna caveat because I didn't listen to the full podcast. I've just listened to clips, but oh. I'm leaving the Shan Boudram. I was um with that young lady watch Jazzy. Yes. The girl dating Cam Newton. Yes. Well, isn't that a rumor or is it confirmed that I'm she's dating sure Cam Newton? No, confirmed. I saw some pictures. Yeah. Oh, okay. And everyone's that... like, he hasn't said anything while his girl's getting dragged. <laughs> well, he probably don't want to admit that he get his back rubbed to sleep every damn night till he falls asleep like a baby. <laughs> I have hot I literally um, was doing that. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like Chelsea might teacher. agree with me too because I don't... Uh, do you want to tell the listeners like more about what she was saying in case they missed it? Yeah, I mean, basically, she um, spoke a lot about being a submissive woman um, and how that works for their relationship, how that's like a d- dynamic that she enjoys, um, that that is a role that she likes to play. And um, some examples she used as being a woman that is submissive is that she packs her man's bags and unpacks his bags. She essentially is a mind reader she knows what he needs and when he needs it and takes care of him um and then she spoke about that every night she rubs his back until he falls asleep and she knows he's asleep because his breathing changes um (laughs) i liked it (laughs) is that what i did uh, she just lost me at the, the packing and unpacking yeah because I don't like to pack but I can see myself helping to pack a man's bag I, I think that's kind of hot yeah I, I would I could uh, yes like I've helped yes I think with the right guy yes like when, a, really got, when a man is making man you back. feel yeah. every night taken care of you take care of him back yeah absolutely every night I'm not talking on occasion. I get an occasional exchange of, you know, taking care of that person. Like if you could tell they're having a really hard week, you might like step up a little bit more. They're really stressed out. You might like rub them down. But I'm talking like this is kind of your consistent. Like the way at least I understood it is that almost seemed like that's her role. Like that is what she does consistently. Okay, what did you see? What, what, because you said you're leaving it on red, right? Mm-hmm. So what part of it are you leaving on red? Is it just the whole idea of it being submissive? Was there like a specific thing that you were like, ugh? I think I'm more so just leaving the whole discussion around it on red. At the end of the day, if that's what she wants to do and that brings her joy, like, great. But there's just been like constant thought piece, think piece, convo. And I'm just like, Listen, let the child rub the man back. Oh, yeah. I hope women who are dealing with ancient men are not doing that because 
there's a lot of women who I'm sure may think that that is something they're supposed to do and then they're not receiving anything in return and that is not okay. Um, so I'm definitely going to leave that on red, but it's, fu- it's very funny to hear Glenice say that she is a, a back rubbing woman. I thought it was so cute. I mean, I definitely have thought I would, I used to do shit like that. I'm a p- person like getting up, making you blueberry pancakes after we've been fucking thousand percent. And just, I like that type of shit. Like, I think it's cute. Um, and I think that if you're rubbing your man's back every night, I don't know if I, I mean, maybe that's how you fall asleep. I don't know. That could take a long time. <laughs> and you can hear the change in how he breathes. Well, that's so super you know intimate that he has kind been of sweet, soothed. though. Yeah, I think it's sweet. kind of sweet. Really? Sweet. Oh my God, no. That makes me think of a child. No, I mean, but we all deserve nurturing even when we're grown. So I think that but that to, was kind of nice. To the, to the extent of it being, like, if... I'm rubbing your back every week till you fall asleep. When are you rubbing my back till I fall asleep? Well, maybe she doesn't need that, but there's other things that he's doing for her. I mean, I think it has to be- She's probably getting other things. Yeah. She kind of made it seem like she doesn't need anything, that that's just what she does. She says she likes it. Oh, and then did you guys hear the anal part? Yeah. That was the part. (laughs) That was the part that I didn't understand because if something is- it's uncomfortable for you you don't like it sexually like it's not something that brings you joy at all like she said it hurt she literally is only doing it because he likes it but she hates it that was the part that I was like that's that's and she said that it's because she said she, she she's like I don't even think he really likes it he just likes that he's like dominating me and And that it's untouched yeah that was kind of like that's a little, a little bit too much control there. and yeah. weird like yeah virgin virgin yeah. booty hole it's weird but in, i yeah. mean i do think she said a couple of like she said i've been known to love people back to health or something like that which, health, yeah that's a little bit toxic too but there is something to be said about people like we need more love in the world more compassion and kindness like that's what she was getting at but you can't 100%. love uh like toxic ass person or a person that doesn't want to like love you the right way you can't love them out of their behaviors you can't love a serial cheater out of his cheating ways like there's Mm -hmm. definitely caveats Mm -hmm. to all this stuff but I don't know I think she said something about the way she loves is her biggest flex or something Mm -hmm. like that and I'm like yeah I don't think there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're not getting taken advantage of in that type of situation and again you're getting it's a mutual thing. I feel like if you are fully loving your partner and they're fully loving you back, then there shouldn't be any, there's no disconnect in the middle. You shouldn't feel like you're missing or wanting for anything and vice versa. Did she speak about how her partner loves her? No, she didn't say nothing. I listened to the episode. I didn't hear nothing like that. I didn't even hear nothing about like gifts. Like I didn't hear really anything like that. That's why I was like, none of it. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I did watch the clips and none of it bothered me outside of that anal part. Because, like, if your partner knows that something is, like, hurting you, it's really uncomfortable, you don't enjoy it, doesn't make you feel good, then why would they keep doing it? hmm Yeah, I mean, it was definitely an inch. That, that right there was weird. I don't know if, if she was saying that they're doing it regularly or if it was, like, one, if it's a regular thing and she's not into it, that's not cool. But Yeah, she said She said they've done it, it a few times. She doesn't mm-hmm. like it. She liked it once, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she said her booty hole started creaming. Yeah, and, and Shambody was like, was like mm-hmm. 
it's not scientifically possible, but okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, we'll have to look into what that was. Right. Yeah. It was probably his semen. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just interesting, especially in this time right now, where the rhetoric is very much like, don't do shit for these niggas and let them pay pay for everything and take care of your whole life. And all you gotta do is just be a woman and show up. Right. All you guys offer some like, pussy. Whoa. Yeah. I think that's why I just like started making a lot of waves. Which I um, also think is 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 it's a rhetoric, yes, but like women that like really live by that, I'm like, you're dumb. Because the women singing about that, like look at Karisha's ass holding up a damn sign he, for he, Diddy. Um, Diddy. And he, he didn't even post to her like a week later and said a week later, it's a little too late. That no one's ever done this for me. Thanks. Fuck. What he say? Shorty low. Shorty, Shorty walk. <laughs> that is the weirdest. That gives publicity stunt. Like the whole relationship is a if, yes, couple well, yes. queens. But like, yeah. wouldn't you be so embarrassed? Like you made a sign for this dude and he's shouting out every other woman besides you. I didn't see it. So, but yeah, that. He's yeah. like Kim. Everything I do for you is for you is for oh, that's you, embarrassing. Kim. Which I understand because Kim, you know, she's right. She's passed on. Then it was Cassie. You always hold me down, Cassie. Like that's just. And then Carisha's there, like. <laughs> no, Poppy. No, when Go JT Poppy. grabbed her, grabbed her leg, was like, like this. Yeah, that shit was mad funny. <laughs> um, but anywho, this is interesting. I, maybe we should do like a love language episode. I don't think we've ever done anything on love language. Um, we've probably talked about it, but we've never like really um, gotten into it. Maybe like a, a professional. Um, and I'm going to reply to time with my family in Atlanta. Tur, it's the only tur. Skipping a jump, but. It's what? It's only Atlanta. It's only tur. Okay, anyways, in Atlanta, um, it was a quick hop, skip, and a jump, but it was so cute to see my niece. It's really funny because my sister's like, she's so touchy-feely like you, and she walks around the house with no clothes on like you used to, and then when I get here, we're both like in little like crop tops and shorts, like on the couch, like playing footsies, and she's like, what is happening? (laughs) She's your child. Literally me reincarnated, and it's the cutest thing ever um she's got her hair done and I'm just like where do these like concepts start to come from it has to be like tv and in school because she's like look how long my hair is like now my hair's hitting my butt and I'm like why do you care how long your hair is and she's like well blah blah blah's hair is here and I'm like okay well it's how we define femininity and now mine is longer and I'm like okay but I want her to tell me why like why it matters but she can't she's just like yeah most just grown women couldn't it's just something in us <laughs> like, that just just a wiring cause. almost some way in some ways because how do these yeah. kids know it um femininity it's like girls long hair but where do they see like, how do they know it I, I mean there's places yeah, that's the thing it. I'm like in it has book, to be like in school like maybe book. in school they go up to each other and they, they every like princess check. has long hair exactly the princess oh yeah the princesses have long hair it's no obsessed with my eyebrows she's she like when I grow up I'm gonna get my eyebrows waxed I'm like you're six <sighs> how do you know about getting your eyebrows waxed Does she go with I, her mom 
don't know. My sister hasn't gotten her eyebrows waxed in years. I mean, my students used to pretend that they have fake eyelashes and nails when I taught them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my students were obsessed with my nails. Whatever my nails were that week, they wanted to like investigate them and like touch them. They just be seeing stuff. Yeah. Also, nail check. Shade, let's see those. Nail check. Raw, baby. Oh, wow. She raw dogging. Thanks. Yeah. They look long. Fingering though, someone? Um, <laughs> no. I just, they were just too long. So I wanted to just give them a refresh and let them breathe because I'm about to go crazy. Okay. Can we talk about that concept? Letting your nails breathe? I was told that's not a real thing. It's not a real thing. (laughs) No, but literally I could feel like on the edge, on the tips where they're like not as strong. So I was just like, well, just cut them down and like, let them grow out. Yeah. But I didn't want to just like take off the gel, knowing my nails were brittle, put the gel back on. Like, I just didn't want to do that. You should get IBX treatment. Yes, I do need to get IBX. Um, What's IBX? if you have weak nails it just like strengthens yeah it's a strengthening treatment my girl in the bay used to do it every time I got my nails done but the ladies I gotta see if my ladies do it every time mm -hmm. that's a lot for the most part yeah but I was getting my nails done like every month oh yeah yeah so I thought you only needed it like when you needed it needed it well because we were doing like sometimes I pray or like mad charms and extra shit she would just do it it a part of my yeah and now a word from our sponsors our friends at ulta beauty shared a few product recommendations for keeping your curls juicy and joyful ulta beauty recommends using the following products in your routine to help in prolonging your protective styles by keeping your hair healthy and hydrated First, cleanse with Sunday Sunday Root Refresh Micellar Rinse. This lightweight and gentle cleanser is color safe, sulfate free, and keeps your scalp and hair fresh between washes. Ulta Beauty's next recommendation is Kemet Biologics Burdock Root Buttercream, which provides rich, lightweight moisture for fine, thin, afro-slash-coily hair, delivering 24-plus hours of moisture without the buildup, perfect for dry, medium-low porosity hair. We'll finish with Rizzo's Curls Nourish Oil, which is made with 100% pure essential oils to provide a radiant shine. This lightweight oil quickly absorbs and penetrates, providing moisture and minimizing frizz for visibly healthier looking hair and scalp. So what are you waiting for? Head over to Ulta Beauty or Ulta.com to shop all your hair care essentials now. Hey group chat, it's me Shade, and I'm here to talk to you today about Always Ultra Thin. Now listen, I have to admit that I have not been a big fan of pads. There's a lot of paranoia around wearing pads, all the gushiness, opportunity for leaks, uncomfortable to sleep in. I personally feel like pads just are not sexy. They're just not fun. But I have recently learned about Always Ultra Thin, which is a superior period protection product compared to store-bought brands. And not only do you feel comfortable in wearing them, you also 
feel dry. Always ultra thin wicks gushes 90% faster than the leading store branded pad. So I highly recommend you check out Always Ultra Thin. I'm telling you, you're going to feel way more comfortable, maybe a little bit more sexy, and you don't have to worry about any of those leaks and gushing everywhere. So go get you some. You can always go to always.com to learn more and to buy some. And now we are back with more Black Girls Texting. Anywho, um, moving right along. I, I don't have a hotline, Blaine. <laughs> Glenn, moving right, right along. along. I don't think I have a hotline, Blaine. Hotline, Blaine. Hotline, Blaine. Not really. Not really, do I? I mean, this. you know what we should do? So my hotline's been blinging a little bit because we have a barbecue coming up this coming Sunday, uh, July 10th. If you're hearing this again, July 10th. Um, so my hotline's been blinging <laughs> with people trying to get on the list. And we do want to open up the list for some listeners that are based in New York, um, in the New York City area. If you want to pull up and party with us and our boy be major, it's going to be mad cute on a rooftop in a private location with stunning city views. <laughs> if you want to get on the list, you have to leave us a five-star rating and a review. And send us a screenshot of that review. Are we saying you have to do a five star rating? Sorry, yes. okay, that's not fair. But <laughs> what do you mean that's not fair? That sounds like extortion. Kind of if you hate us, why do you want to come to our barbecue? No, but you could be like, "There's room for improvement." Well, no thanks. Five stars only. <laughs> if you feel like you don't want to leave a five star review, then and don't come. Don't want to come. <laughs> Stay your ass at home and write a review. Write your review. Literally. So if you would like I'm to tell out, you want to get on the list, leave us that review. Send us a screenshot on um, our Instagram at Black Girls Texting. The list is kind of tight, so it'll be on a first come, first serve. So make sure you get on it quick, quick. And we look forward to see- seeing some of y'all out there. Yes. And I started a Google Doc. I don't know if you guys saw that, but I, I did see that. I need to yes, add my name. Yes, so I add put, it there. So I put names in there. Um, some some guys some of you are already in there I see your screenshots I see your reviews love you lots yay love you lots um and Glenn you have our black girl doing shit this week yes sir my good sis that's a black girl doing shit this week our black girl doing shit is sorry not me not having it already. Okay. Our Black Girl Doing <laughs> Shit this week is Jessica Nabongo. Um, she has a blog called The Catch Me If You Can and just released a book by the same title that came out in partnership with National Geographic. And the book is all about how she's the first Black woman to travel to every country in the world, which is wild 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 so she gives you some of her travel tips and tricks and how she did it how she caught cheap flights how she used uh, would you look at that Shade? her points from her credit cards because Shade has been trying to teach me how to do that shit (laughs) how she's used her miles but also just um she has a story for every country I think the book itself only has a hundred countries but that's a hell of a lot of countries she tells you a story of an experience from each one of those places and she has photos from all of those places as well and she talks about she she has stories of going to like the Sudan and like a bunch of places where people don't 
consider really going to and how she found just so much kindness and humanity and beauty in all these places. And it was important to her to include all of those locations in the physical book. Um, she's super impressive and just fly as hell. And like, really seems like she's living the dream. Like I was watching a bunch of her, her interviews and just getting inspired to get back into my travel bag again. So hopefully we can have her on a show soon and we can hear some of her stories. But until then, she's our Black girl doing shit. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey, group chat, it's me, Sade, and I am here to talk to you all today about always ultra thin pads. Now, as you can imagine, you all know I'm the queen of self-care and I like to feel comfortable. Pads were not my thing, but ever since being introduced to always ultra thin, I'm back on the pad wave. Let me tell you why. There's superior period protection. You don't have to worry about leaks and discomfort and always ultra thin wicks gushes 90% faster than the leading store bought brand. So... Head over to always.com and get you some always ultra thin pads. Tell them that I sent you. All right, y'all. It's time for the group chat. chat. All okay. Right. Switching gears for this week. We had quite long uh, intros, so mm-hmm. uh, we might not get as in depth on this subject. Maybe we can revisit it. Um, but I was having really interesting conversations yesterday with my family around identity and I was like this is such a interesting conversation to have on the podcast and I feel like we've had this like a long time ago but this was maybe I think our identity episode I still lived in California so this is possibly like three plus years ago um so I feel like it could be interesting to revisit it and I just started randomly asking my my family these questions and I wrote them down and I'm gonna ask them to you so first very simple how do you identify nope I'm not giving any qualifiers just what comes to mind black girl I was gonna say a black woman oh yeah woman (laughs) not a girl anymore I guess (laughs) I when I thought about this I said black woman and then like Brooklyn, New Yorker. Oh, well, I thought you meant like racially. No, girl. I just said the first thing that comes to your mind. And if that's the first thing that comes to your mind, that's fine. But the first thing that came to my mind was Brooklyn, because the way this came to me is I feel such a distinct difference every time I come to the South. I'm like, Mm. it's like so stark. So I think it was like fresh on my mind. All right. Where do you feel at home? When I'm with my friends. Friends. Mm -hmm. In my house. Like your house with your mom or your house with your man? No, like the place I sleep. So my house with my man. Okay. What about you? This was a hard one for me. I think like with my parents... But like, I guess that would then me that I feel at home in Florida, which is gross. So I don't right. really want to say that. <laughs> with your family. Yeah. yeah. So with your family. In general. It's like not, well, it's interesting. For me, it's locationless. Yeah. Ooh, that's not true. For me, it is, for me mine is very location-based. Your, but yours is location-based. But I do feel, I think most, if we're going to talk about location, definitely Brooklyn 
and kind of New York at large. Like when I, whenever I'm traveling and I come back, I feel a great sense of like relief when I'm back. And it, it's very clear to me that like, this is home. And listeners play along, write this down. You can reflect on this with your therapist or <laughs> your loved ones, whatever you like. Yeah. I but think yeah, it's, sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say like, is what's the term nesting? Like wherever mm-hmm. I've made my home. You know, I know yeah. where all my things are. Mm-hmm. I feel comfortable cooking in my kitchen. Yes. You know, That's my cool. home. So wherever that is right now, it's in LA. That makes yeah. sense. I think I'm starting to make my house like more mine. Um, but like, it's weird because I grew up there, but it's not like it was when I grew up there. So it's like very odd. I have such odd connections with this that space so no, florida feels more like home or yeah you were your par- like, parents house yeah because i'm with my parents yeah. yeah yeah for sure okay this is the hot topic we always get to but like what do you guys feel you connect with the most like ethnicity gender religion like is there something that really kind of grounds you to a group race okay I'm black okay so, I would say the same but I also think that yeah no I, I think race it is interesting though because it is like blackness is so vast even to your point with mm-hmm. Shade about being in the like on the east coast then versus going to the south but I do think there is still some undeniable links between us no matter where you are correct yeah yeah I'm gonna go again with this like New Yorker identity I don't know how to describe it I don't know what it is but it's something where it's like Brooklyn yeah Brooklyn like there's this like black American identity. There's this Caribbean American identity. There's this community that I just like feel like we definitely understand one another. While there is like a general, obviously, connection, diasporic connection of blackness everywhere, like you could feel that no matter where you go. I definitely feel like it's it's way stronger in Brooklyn and just like with the way we were we grew up there like interesting I don't know I don't know I I I I, I, whatever I think I I identify with a specifically black American-ness so I can't even Mm -hmm. really say that for Brooklyn because Brooklyn is really diasporic I don't know yeah I was gonna say I was also thinking when you said sorry Glenn no I'm done go ahead I was also thinking when you said Brooklyn that was interesting because I was like yeah I feel Brooklyn too but like my Brooklyn's very different from your Brooklyn Mm -hmm. like I'm from Flatbush that's so different from like a Bed-Stuy or a Williamsburg or you know or an East New York or you know yeah but like for me I can connect and understand the not fully connect but like the communities of East New York and Brownsville and Flatbush and Coney Island for me 100% (laughs) 
and we because there's just like a mutual thing that we all just share like we I don't know how to explain it it's just like an energy it's something that we all have that I think is very distinct to us versus like even when you go to Jersey I'm like y'all are aliens I'm sorry like I don't understand I don't I don't it's different it's just different we are not the same no yeah that's Papa Glenn uh, no, I'm like, why people from Jersey? What? I thought they were from DC. <laughs> my mom's DC side. and Jersey child. She ain't even no, the real bedside brat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's it's definitely interesting because when I go like to out of state, like if I'm in an out of state hood, I feel so nervous. But like if I could be, I've been in like Brownsville and I felt fine. Because <laughs> you that's just point. something that we yeah. get about one another. Yeah. Like the minute I got off the plane in Atlanta, I was like, what is happening? Like, that might be just, why I, I get it. Cause my people are like, I don't know, having family from DC, they're low key, very Southern and just have different sorts of traditions and things. And I don't know, there's just certain like root, like cultural staples that I think are universal mm-hmm. to yeah. Like, even jersey i feel like like, jersey like taylor laughs because like i'll be around her taylor's my best friend that is from jersey and like when we first became friends and i i like went back to her home and like met her whole family and stuff i was like they sound so southern Mm -hmm. and she's like she's like no they've been in jersey for literal generations like i'm sure (laughs) the roots come from the south obviously but like they've been in jersey for like her mom grandma they were all raised in Jersey. I'm like, but they sound so Southern to me. But I yeah. also kind of think all Black American people sound a little Southern. It's like something in the pace, the hustle, the movement, the low-key, the meanness. That feels so comforting and at home. When they, I went to the bathroom, this lady was like walking me to the stall. The people on the train, on the air train are like, do you know where you're going? Are you good? And I'm like, yo, why is everyone asking me mad questions and guiding me everywhere and being nice to me? This is weird. I'm <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. And also, you know, Glenn said Black American. I guess I would have to say Caribbean. Caribbean American. Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think culturally there are some differences. Like when For y'all sure. say you would buy food and have your friends sitting there with no food i'm like wow i would never do that that (laughs) shade didn't and shade didn't agree i didn't even know i'll be doing some shit i'm like that's the that's the american side i didn't even Mm -hmm. agree i thought you agreed no i was over there like yeah that's 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 not a good look do you sit on your bed with your outside clothes on no don't even let people come in my home with their shoes on okay i don't do that either shoes off yeah i think that's a black yeah i don't know if i can know <laughs> all right what's your next one all right does your partnership impact how you define yourself or have par- past partnerships impacted how you define yourself kind of think going back to like the black american thing i think i've probably mostly always dated black american men and i feel like i just like learned shit i don't know i don't know if that's defining myself but it has like affected me like it has an effect Mm -hmm. when like you're going 
to someone's, you know, you're intermingling with someone's family and you're meeting their Southern grandma or their whatever, like mm -hmm. you're learning their recipes, like all that stuff. You're seeing the similarities, the differences. So kind of. And they will influence your identity. And then thinking about how you raise your kids, I think so exactly. as well. Yeah. I don't Lynn. think so. No. No. I don't know. Not really. No. I don't know if I... I the only thing I can think about, and this is only what's the word, like um, hypothetically, would be like in a long-term relationship that sorts of like traditions and like ways of life you decide upon together mm -hmm. and yeah it kind of goes on back to what you guys are saying about like raising children and things like that like I think you could kind of cultivate mm -hmm. your own identity as a couple in a way mm -hmm. yeah I feel like yeah. this question probably only applies to like a long-term relationship yeah it's hard yeah to say. well I don't know if Glenn has dabbled in the past and her past Excellent. rendezvous <laughs> <laughs> okay how do you feel wait i want you to answer the questions too girl oh sorry uh, yeah. um i feel like it's definitely starting to have some influence um i talked to my therapist about this and long story short like my boyfriend i got into a tiff and he didn't agree how i handle something and i was like well if you don't if you want it handled this way then in your space you handle it that way but in my space I'm going to handle it this way and she said what are you going to do when it becomes our space and I said damn bitch why you did that and I was like oh my god like you have to start remember Ben don't break <laughs> yes yes that definitely I, mm -hmm. I told her about that conversation but it was definitely one of those things where like I don't fully feel it just yet but I am starting to see I'm encroaching on my life. <laughs> and there's a possibility and, of you guys sharing a roof soon, so. Oh, God. The stress. <laughs> the stress. Yeah, but not. It'll not, be great. Not, um, not fully yet. It definitely makes me think about, like, how you raise a family or you think about like just what you'll like morals how you instill certain things um so yeah mm -hmm. all right do you do feel do you feel defined by your upbringing um and I put family slash community yes definitely I mean yes some of these are obvious but then you're supposed to expound Mm, I was thinking recently about like uh, I was thinking how much I appreciate how my parents taught me to like honor like elders and neighbors and just like treat people with like a lot of kindness and stuff like I don't know if I talked about this on the show but that like a neighbor of mine passed a couple like a maybe six months ago she passed around Thanksgiving actually um and she was, you know, she, she was like a, another grandmother to me. Mm. But even as I got older and would have, you know, she took care of me every day after school. But then when I got older, got on my teenage shit, could have very easily stopped, like, caring. Not caring, but, you know, could have just got on my own, my own shit. My parents would be like, yeah. make sure you go over there. My mom would always give me a gift to go bring to her. Aww. 
like they would just instill it in me instill it in me and then like little things like the flower this big I have a big magnolia tree in my yard my dad would always cut a branch like and make an arrangement and like leave it on the steps of her and like the other people on the block and like just cute little things like that I'm realizing are just like deep in me and just in the way that I try to treat people and like bring people together and things like that so yeah yeah I love that like the community Mm -hmm. and I think that's why like it's really interesting I don't even want to get into this but basically when we had our our little Mm -hmm. event like some uninvited guests came and I was just like I was Mm -hmm. just raised in a way I guess yeah I was like I was just (laughs) raised in a way that like I could never even fathom doing that like that wouldn't even really like past my mind maybe I might like come but then I'd be like unabashedly like oh my god thank you yeah. for having me what can I give you here's a bottle of this here's this like oh they came you, with their hands you. swinging yes girl yikes and then didn't even say hello yikes <laughs> right well that's also on their friends that brought them because Correct. maybe they don't know who the hostesses mm, are no they like, do oh mm-hmm. yeah but not even to dwell on that, it was more so what you're saying, Glenn, it's just like just the certain things that just are instilled in you. And my therapist was talking to me and she was like, I mean, I'm not trying to give them excuses, but some people just weren't raised well. And I'm like, mm. yeah, they weren't raised up. They were dragged up. Ooh. Damn. Um, but something else that I was talking to my aunt about, which I think is very like, I, I feel like I need a, um, a help group um confused identities of brooklyn yoruba kind of caribbean kind of southern black club <laughs> because i was like yo we're over here i'm me and my sister particularly like kind of like hodgepodge lane it's like like no i'm not really nigerian but i have nigerian religion like no like my my grandmother's born in grenada and brought me up with whatever the fuck type of she not wanting to really identify with her Caribbean side and then like also it just being because that at that time everyone wanted to be like so Americanized so it was like very like uh suppressed but then like it just innately being a part of who she is and then my father's side like them being so much older and also they like didn't really grow up in the south so they're very Brooklyn but also kind of southern but I don't know nothing about that and I was just like yeah I don't I don't know I don't know what it is it's literally just like a melting pot so that's yeah. maybe why Brooklyn feels so easy because I'm like he's mm. like that right it's yeah, like that a, what was your original question for this one like how your upbringing your family influence your identity yeah um yeah I just think I have um manners <laughs> like a I lot mean, of people don't have manners yeah well what about even greater because I know we're also talking about it's interesting how we can talk about identity and and it can not be race gender you know sexuality like, sexuality all that kind of stuff it can literally be like who you are as a person which it, yeah. it is it's an expensive yeah. conversation so I'm not even going to go there I was going to ask you Chelsea about 
identity specifically as like a Trinidadian American person, but um, but that's also related to manners, right? Yeah, like, well, what were you gonna ask though? Like any other things in t- in terms of that parts of those parts of your identity, like what you ate, words you say, traditions, things like that. Well, I think like one thing, which maybe is a black thing, but I've noticed, I thought it was a black thing, but then I heard other black people not doing it. I don't call people's parents by their first name. Absolutely Absolutely not. Okay. Cause I heard (laughs) someone black doing that and I found that to be so strange and so disrespectful. And like, if they try that with my mom, she will tell them about themselves. Oh, my mother will tell you real quick. It's Miss P. I'm not your friend. <laughs> whole time I, people in my job like older people like older black women that work in my job i'd be wanting to call them miss first name right like my i just, just feel wrong my acting teacher i was like mr adam and he was like yo just just adam <laughs> i was like <laughs> wait are you like serious yeah <laughs> <laughs> well literally like i'd be like mama glenn papa You're, glenn literally. mama chelsea <laughs> like yeah we'll never be like Ooh, I can't even say it. I can't even say it out loud. Nope. Yeah. It feels no. wrong. And my roommate had his aunt over. I want to say it's his great aunt. And he was calling her by her first name. I was like, I am so uncomfortable. Yes. All you got to do is say, is that the aunt part? That's crazy. <laughs> Have you thought about that though? This is a really random aside. Like, would you want to be called grandma? No, no, I'm gonna be. I I really like mom. Mom, I know that's very southern. <laughs> Where did that come from? It's a southern. You never heard mom, mom, or paw, paw. I think it's so pa, fucking pa, cute, but not mom, mom. I think I'm gonna call my grandma that mama. Up. Okay, mom, maybe mom. that's just my friend. My t- Taylor calls her grandma mom, mom, and I love mom, mom. Um, like but the mom I don't of the mom. mom but you've heard of paw, paw. Yeah, paw, paw. Oh, I guess but I've never heard of mom, mom. They do say mom. Oh, yeah, Mima. I don't That's know, but I don't want grandma. No, me I don't want grandma. Um, Maybe abuela. Yes, that sounds cuter. <laughs> abuela, abuela cute. Cici. Abuela, C. I'm definitely not <laughs> even going to have anything grandmotherly related. It's going to be like a totally, it's going to be like another name. Yeah. I also plan on being a bad bitch forever. So like, oh, I like, I like Mimi. I was just going to say Mimi. Oh, Mimi's my, cute. My aunt goes by Mimi to her kid. That's her cute. I like Mimi. That's Mimi's cute. cute. That's very cute. But grand. Oh, I like Mimi. Don't grand me down. Yeah, don't fucking call me no grand grandma. The fuck? Mother. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> Mimi, I like Mimi. Mimi's cute. Oh, because we were talking about you talk to your elders. Yeah. yeah yeah like okay. even people in my family get confused because they're like wait so y'all are technically cousins but you call her auntie and I'm like yeah she's older yeah right <laughs> like period but people are confused but I guess yeah everyone wasn't raised the same everyone was not raised the same um I liked what you said too Glenn about community and I feel like you've talked about this before Chelsea where it's like growing up in Flatbush people like looked out for each other like you knew your neighbors people were making sure you weren't running around running amok mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening with the youth these days I don't know what the fuck they're doing because now it's not the community uh what it takes a village 
now if you talk to someone's kid the wrong way their mama might come and beat your ass <laughs> so you just gotta mind your business it's really yes, changed they will they will they will it's really yeah. changed i'm scared i'm scared i will let people know i will go knock on all the neighbors doors like <laughs> you see this one you could be his ass <laughs> <laughs> all right I don't know. or I don't something know. but like please look out for them yeah look out for them <laughs> not be there if he's Back acting crazy you can snatch that ass up <laughs> please please believe because i think about the dumb shit i used to be doing running up and down my block should have got snatched up a couple of times see i feel like i was never really that bad Oh, we used to be like terror. stealing people's mail. Wait, what? Oh. Why would you do that? That's wow. so community. <laughs> because because we pretended we were like in uh, detectives, so we would like go and like, take people. Would mail. you deliver it back? I don't remember. I think I was for a direct deposit. You were probably taking people's checks. <laughs> that's, that's a federal. Offense, their whole week. I'm pretty right. sure. Literally, my mom found out and was like, "I cannot wait for your father to get out." This is a federal offense. <laughs> Bitch, what? No. That's wild. Uh, well, yeah. I just wanted to revisit this. I literally asked all these questions to my, my aunt. Yes. What else would you, is there something else <laughs> that came to mind? I literally was just like, I was asking my aunt, I was like, how do you guys feel? Um, I was like, because technically you guys are first generation, but both of you have um, Black American dads. I was like, so like, what was that like? Like, what was, how was your upbringing? Like, you all grew up in the same house in Flatbush. Like, what was that like versus me growing up in Bed-Stuy? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and so they were like, what are all these questions? And I just like started writing them down. And then I start, and I was like, this is Did fun. anybody say anything interesting that you can share? Um, or that made you reflect on your own, like the differences in your. Well, I learned that my parents. grandma and her sisters came here. They were each four years apart. So I think my uncle was eight. So that means my grandmother was 12, which means my aunt Verna was 16. And they did not see their mother again until they had their own kids. So they came here under the guise that like they'd go back and forth to the island. And I don't know what was good with my great grandfather or what happened, but they didn't see her ever again until they were grown women. So it made me think a lot about how they were as mothers and grandmothers, like basically having a chunk of their childhood with no mom. Oh my God. That's um, and it was just yeah. like super insightful to kind of like, cause we always joke, like we're like the Macintosh women are crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Quite interesting. Makes a I lot am, more sense. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's the same for black Americans, but I feel like Caribbean, Caribbeans, like it's just so much um, trauma. And mm-hmm. like, think about leaving your country to go to a brand new country where like there's all this other shit racism people making fun of how you talk it's cold all of a sudden mm-hmm. <laughs> like mad weird shit and you're a little kid and parents being separated that's not like a yeah. rare thing like a lot of people sent the kids first or maybe they went first and left the kids, the kids behind after. yeah yeah i'm trying to find this post um but it went 
if I don't find it, I'll, I'll just rephrase, phrase, rephrase it. But it was something like, shout out to all the Caribbean um, people who took the risk for me or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one of my friends was a Black American, but she actually left. I actually met her through Clubhouse, but she's so, we've like become friends. And she like left. <clears throat> she, oh, I thought you were laughing. She left, um, she left America when Trump got into office and now she lives like this beautiful life in St. Lucia. She moved to Barbados first, was still getting paid American salary, bought a house on the beach. Now she has a bunch of properties in Barbados and in St. Lucia and is still getting paid Lit. in American dollars. And she was kind of offended by the, not offended, but she was like, hmm. I don't love that, that we act like America is like, this great place like people Mm -hmm. are living just fine in the Caribbean like it's not I'm trying to find the damn post it was a really interesting conversation and I did understand her perspective but I was just like for me personally I know that this was this for me it was a better life it's different the ghetto of Flatbush was a better life than my family in Dago Martin that didn't have shoes and my grandma couldn't read like this is very different than I would have yeah. had. Um, I can't find the damn post. And we're not saying That's that life here is so good, this dandy whatsoever. There's just more, I would say more maybe opportunities or yeah. chances. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think it's also just different. Like my cousin moved back to Grenada, which is so funny. And she's like, my children will not grow up in the United States. And I'm like, that is like the, the flip. Fascinating to me. Question, were they born in the United States? Yeah. Right. My so cousin was still born born here. She moved back. back to Grenada. No, I'm just Her saying. Kids. So that's oh. still so different for mm-hmm. me because like you still get, you still have an American passport. That means a lot in this world. Like I'm yeah, sorry, but they regardless because their parents were. So even if, they, that's even what I'm if she saying, has another like, kid in Grenada. But that's what I'm saying. It's a difference when you're like really from that country and like there's no real way. Uh-huh. It's also different when you're getting paid an American salary in those countries. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not the same. Yeah, think- yeah. No, no, no. I, I don't wanna I don't wanna um not acknowledge that that's a privilege that she has, that she's able to now mm-hmm. say, like my my grandmother, like my Aunt Berna, special lady, they call her vicious V, but like hustled, <laughs> grinded here, like left her family very well off. So now my cousin is afforded to go live there. And her right. kids can live there. And it's like this like magical, beautiful island life, not like a life of like hustling and strife. Right. Like my friend was like, my daughter can go to school and no one's making fun of her brown skin or her hair because everyone looks like that. And I'm like, mm. yes, that's so beautiful. But like, don't forget how privileged you are being an American living in St. Lucia. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Absolutely. You, just, you have another, you're, you're not living as a St. Lucian. Sorry. Not. Facts. But who makes it sound very nice. I know. I'm like, shit, I could be living good somewhere else. I saw a post where someone literally was like, um, 
oh Taraji Taraji was like I'm leaving this country and obviously people were dragging her like yeah because you have all this money and blah 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 but a lot of people in the comments were like we don't have to stay here like we can do well in other places that are um you know black countries obviously there's corruption there's issues in those spaces as well but yeah I can't imagine kind of what it feels like to be in the minority and the majority yeah Yeah. no for sure I mean yeah we're lucky we're Americans so there's like that American privilege yeah that might be an interesting episode or something because I think I told you guys before when I was in Ghana there's like this consortium of black Americans that like just all moved to Ghana but they all mm-hmm. live in a community with just black American people right really yes girl they live That's in like a gated community <laughs> living good living good da, 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 da. big ass houses staff probably drivers. all the fixed right all their staff are real Ghanaians right yeah and that's where it gets weird and when we can this will this will get too long but then then it becomes you know all right we fought against oppression because of our skin tone but now it's a new oppression of class Wealth. yeah exactly yeah 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 oh child well thank never you for ending. leading us through that exercise shot i think to think about thanks sure. i think you should do it with your families too um yes I think it's important to ask those questions to your family members and just get that kind of insight. It gives you more information. Yeah. And just learn new things about them. Like yeah. these are my two aunts. Well, one is technically my cousin. And like, while I feel feel like I know them, I was like, oh, wow. I don't know a lot of shit about you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and we were, we're talking as adults. We we're having gin and tonics. We were cursing. We were just having, like living it up. Yeah. I love, I love that with families. Like that when my sister and I told you we had that like we almost got into it but like we didn't and she was like oh I like grown-up Chelsea because <laughs> I think she <laughs> fucking hated me when I was younger. yeah what would you do all right well I kind of had a what would you do but it was gonna be it will be too damn long I feel like this episode is nice and healthy hearty so I'll save it for next week or I'll save it for the Patreon. And yes, save it yeah. for the Patreon. Yeah, so as always, follow us on Instagram at Black Girls Texting. We also have a Patreon and a YouTube, Black Girls Texting. We're pretty much Black Girls Texting every single place ever, except for Twitter where we're Black Girls Texting. Oh, and we have a TikTok. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting and we'll see you next week. Bye.